You're listening to Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Hey, Sean, how's it going? David, it's going fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's nice here in Albuquerque. It's snowy today, which is very rare for us. Usually I don't like snow, but it's like our first big snow. Oh, interesting. Isn't you don't see snow too much in uh, New Mexico or in Albuquerque or Albuquerque, especially like Santa Fe gets a lot of snow up North. We get snow where it's in the mountains more, but uh, yeah, it's a little too warm here. And then usually it melts the same day, but yeah, we're, I think we'll have it through the night till tomorrow. Yeah. That's, that reminds me of my time living in Denver where it would snow pretty often. Um, or consistently over the span of seven months, but it usually melted the same day. You know, the difference between like with Denver and then Fort Collins, we would get snow in Fort Collins and it was only an hour away and the snow would still be sitting there in like April or May and it would be like 70 degrees out. But on the North side of our house, the snow would like never melt. We'd have these big piles of snow because it would stack to be like, you know, uh, five feet high of snow. Just was your house like blocking the sun from uh, hitting the yeah, snow or exactly oh. so unless the sun hit it the snow would sit there for months and months yeah nice speaking of do you have anything you're drinking today i do yeah it's actually not a local beer it's uh from southern tier brewing company which um, i'm sure most people have heard of it's their new haze hazy smooth ipa uh, you're big into the ipas yeah see clearly you tried the rounds <laughs> of like most of local version how, how many breweries would you say are there like a reasonable number around you so in alexandria there's the two main ones there's aslan and then there's um there's port city which i've had their double ipas in, on previous episodes and then even closer to me which it's not technically in alexandria is new district brewing um which i also had their double ipa so at some point i'm just going to look i'm going to spread out a little bit yeah. you know, maybe find other breweries within Virginia. And then of course I'll probably get their double IPA and that'll be my drink in future episodes. No. And that's what I used to like to try to find when I was in Fort Collins was like, what's the best place for, for an IPA, right? Or the best place for a pale ale or, or something else or a scotch ale. And I, you know, yeah. probably had at least like seven really good, pretty big breweries there. And, you know, you'd go around and you'd try them all and be like, no, that's the place you go for, you know, whether it's IPA or something else. Yeah. I was thinking about it this week. You, you did some brewing, right? I, was, I never did catch up with you on how that went or what, what your brewing experience was. It's very limited. Um, it was earlier. Well, I guess it was last year now. I bought like a Mr. Beer kit. Um, I actually have to reach out to them so they can send me more to make, but it was very, it was very basic. I want to say I made a, uh, like a German wheat beer or something, yeah. but it was like an easy bake oven type of situation where you just like take all the ingredients and mix it with water or whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a situation where I made the drinks from scratch. It was like, oh, well, here's a syrupy mixture add, like mix it with boiling water and add hops and then let it sit for a month. Yeah. Um, so it was like that situation. So it was fine. You gotta gotta learn all the brewing lingo that you pitch the yeast in there. Right. Yeah, exactly. uh, I just called it pouring the yeast powder in and then letting it sit in a dark place for two weeks, bottle it, let it sit for two weeks and then, and then drink it. And it was fine. But like, then again, I didn't really do much outside of mix it with hot water. That it turned out and it was actually drinkable. Like that's an accomplishment for beer. So I think I I had told you like, start with Mr. Beer and then, and then see where the more stuff beyond that. Yeah, it, it's no Cavassier's blood. It's, <laughs> but I I was thinking of that uh, this week because actually my wife had found for me a video that was about a Viking Age brewing and like the herbs they would have used. It was something like bog myrtle was a a thing like hops, so they had hops, but they would also add bog myrtle. And there were these theories of what kind of weird herbs did they find that maybe gave them like hallucinogen properties that gave them berserker strength and things like that. Yeah. Um, and the guy said there was one, something like, I'm sure I'm wrong, but something like a dandelion tea. It was something <laughs> called something tea. And it would be confused with one of those plants out of the bog. So if you accidentally put that one, it might make you sick. Uh, it might make you have diarrhea, but it also might make you like a little bit hallucinate. But he's like, that wouldn't help you fight. It would make you a totally mess. worth it. Yeah. You'd be no good fighting. <laughs> so it wouldn't be a good idea. But yeah, with a I simple think- thing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the idea of a berserker, it's, it's like fun to read about, but like, I'm wondering how historically accurate it is. I think it's just, you know? they'd hype themselves up. I think it's just like, you know, praying to Odin, putting themselves in meditation state. It's just, just hyping themselves up to, you know, it's what football players do and what other, yeah. like I think probably, I mean, if anybody's related. going into battle, like you would imagine they need to like give themselves like a prayer to like Thor right. Odin, or just like say something to psych themselves right. up. And, and I do know like in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, I, I or I, I think it's the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle where they describe the Scandinavians like arriving and like conducting those initial raids. Right. You know, they mentioned that they were larger than the normal person. Um, yeah. Now, keep in mind, like a thousand, you know, twelve hundred years ago, that's probably small, like shorter than we are. Right. Um, and you also have to keep in mind, like these 
like Anglo-Saxons, you know, in talking about these invaders, like, of course, their legend may grow after a time where they just get bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, on every retelling. But, you know, it, it is, it's, it's interesting to think about, but. No, when I, when I went to Ireland, there was this little, you know, a, a little village that they maintained in the old traditional style. And it was kind of like, um, you know, they had people doing blacksmithing and doing all the old crafts and things like that. And I went up to the buildings and the doorway comes up to my neck. I, you, I, couldn't, oh, really? I couldn't walk through the door without hunching over. Yeah. So it's That's like, hilarious. Um, they definitely were little, somewhat littler people, smaller people back then with nutrition, I'm sure, and everything else uh, part of it. Do you remember what town that was in? Or No, I'd have to double check. I did a little bit of a tour around Ireland. So I know I spent some time in Dublin and oh man, it was more than 10 years ago. Yeah. I'll have to find and, some of that. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is because I went there like on a solo trip in 2016. Yeah. In most days I spent in Dublin. Um, yeah. But one night I took a train out to like literally the middle of the country yeah. into this town called Atslone. Um, it's very small. I'd say yeah. you were either like 20 years old or like 50 plus years yeah. old, but they have like what is potentially the oldest known bar in Europe, oh, yeah. potentially the world. And it's called Sean's Bar, which oh, I nice. may have mentioned. In a, I, I actually I may have mentioned that in a previous episode, but I don't think I did. But like, no. I just thought it was very cool like to see a potential bar that was around the year like 900 when it was created. And that's like kind of like the time where the Viking Age was still going on. So yeah. when you drive around the countryside there, it is that you'll find there's like, the church and a, a bar, all the, all the little towns, they at least have a church and a bar. And then there's probably, you know, farmers and it's, it's quite, quite rural, but it, whenever it's a town, that's pretty much, they have those two things. Right. And so it's really like, <laughs> takes you back, you, you, you know, clearly what it looked like uh, back then. Right. But that's, that's Ireland. It's not quite, I don't have any experience with uh, Sweden or Norway or Iceland. Well, there's, there was a huge, there was a group of people called the Hiberno Norse, Hibernia being Ireland and like what the Romans called it. But yeah. When the when the Norwegians invaded, they did settle some lands, like they formed the town of Dublin, and they were referred to as the Hiberno Norse. So Ireland does have a rich Viking history as well. Yeah, but. and I think Scotland does, and I want to learn more, especially about the Scottish history. I think Isle of Man is that one that's strongly uh, Nordic influenced. But. Yeah, and I the the Isle of Man, I think, is like if you live there, you can like claim United Kingdom citizenship, or maybe Ireland. I, I, I may be incorrect yeah. there, but it's like in the middle of. The islands of Ireland and then the islands of Britain, which contains like Scotland, Scotland Wales, and England. Yeah. But we can go over our uh, British Isles geography no, maybe but, for uh, another episode. What got me into all this was the uh, the brewing. That this is for you know people listening at home too. If you've ever done a Mister Beer kit, or uh, I don't know, we're not sponsored by them, but you know you can get a little like twenty dollar under fifty dollar brewing kit. And even if it comes with that pre mixed malt, you can just throw in whatever herbs you want, right? So you can go out and pick like rosemary. If you have a rosemary plant, you can pick some pine needles and throw it in there, right? You, because that's what this one was about, like what herbs you can put in. And I don't know which ones will not make you sick. You probably should read on it, right? To make sure it's something that's good for you. But besides just hops, you can put in different herbs or you can go to a, a brewing store and buy extra hops, right? If you're like, Sean, you want a double IPA, you get the basic kit that has some basic hops and then you go buy an extra handful of hops somewhere, throw it in your beer and uh, fun experiment and brewing and herbs and all this uh, stuff. Yeah. I think it's something that I got afraid to expand upon. You know, it, like the moment that I have to create something from scratch, I'm going to taste it after a month of creating it. And it's going to be so awful that I'm going to be just so disappointed in myself. Yeah. Cause, so. if, cause if you made oatmeal and set it in your, your closet for a month, you'd be very afraid of what happened there. Right. But somehow beer, it becomes a uh, wonderful, right? Like Kavassir. But <laughs> Yes, yes, definitely. I wonder. I wonder when they created the meat of poetry, how often, how like long they put it in a closet, if at all. But right, you think they'd be quite afraid, right? You took you took a god's blood and some honey, and you set it in this pot for, and it sat there for years. And you're like, this this won't make me sick. I'll take a drink of this. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. And so um, I did wanted to make sure I mentioned so my uh, my good buddy Steve. Hey there, Steve. He uh, he made a very generous donation, and I, I got to talk to him for a while. Um, oh, nice. he's, a, he's a guy I actually went to grad school with, and we actually talked to him for a bit about, you know, Carl Jung mythology, especially the uh, Joseph Campbell is, is a author who I think inspired Token and apparently especially George Lucas. What? George Lucas. Yeah. Was very inspired by Joseph Campbell. Yeah. I was talking to my friend, Stephen. He was saying, he was talking about the connections of the hero mythology, all, all the myths, right? And Joseph Campbell kind of identified what's the hero's journey, which is a thing that's psychologically very significant to Carl Jung. And that's exactly what inspired Star Wars, right? So it'd be an interesting thing when we get to our hero stories, see what pieces of this are maybe actually uh, in Luke Skywalker's story, right? Yeah, that would be a yeah. tie-in. Anyways, John, anything else you wanted to make sure we mentioned before we start today? Uh, no, we can we can go ahead and move on to uh, 
today's topic. So let me let me go ahead and get started here. So we're going to be discussing the first 80 or so stanzas of the poem Havamal. So up until now, we haven't really taken a deep dive into any of the primary poems found in the Poetic Edda. We have shared specific stanzas of some of the poems, however, only as they relate to stories via primarily told from Snorri's Prosep, with Snorri himself often quoting the Poetic Edda in those stories as well. Those poems primarily being like Voluspa, maybe Grimness Small, among others. We also have briefly quoted Havamal, most recently in quoting the stanzas of Odin seducing and manipulating the giantess Gunlod to obtain the meat of poetry. Havamal itself is considered by many to be one of the most influential poems of the Poetic Edda, primarily because people consider it to contain some sort of Viking code of ethics, or the Ten Commandments of Norse mythology. Now, although Havamal does contain many bits of wisdom, I'm not sure how much of it initially was initially recorded to be looked at as the, at this as this like ultimate code or commandment. Um, however, some of the wisdom mentioned does seem to be more so in line with an older figure sim- simply giving life advice to a younger individual. In this case, life advice that may benefit someone from the time it was recorded, so maybe 1,500 years ago. Why I like Havamal, also known as the Saints of the High One, which is Odin, is because it supports my idea that Odin is very human. The primary stories show us that he will stop at nothing for wisdom or knowledge, but he also shows us that when he achieves this goal, he is far from truly happy. In fact, even less so to which he pretty much confirms in this poem. So despite not being included in Snorri's Prosetta or in more modern day interpretations like Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology, Havamal serves as the near end in my headcanon of the story of Odin and his lust for knowledge or quest for wisdom. So obviously before Ragnarok, in our previously mentioned Norse timeline, which we compared to the Zelda timeline in a previous episode, um, but in picturing Odin thinking about his own life as an old man or a god nearing the end, regretting what he did and wondering what he could have done differently, if that makes sense. So in this episode, we will be discussing stanzas one through, again, roughly 80 of the poem Havamal, which modern day pagans or really people of any faith or lack thereof may view or who may who may view life as in, as finite may look towards the advice in Havamal as the way they themselves want to live their own lives as opposed to others who may look to the 10 commandments who view life in some form as infinite as a way to live theirs um so i hope that i hope that uh, prefaces our discussion of Havamal yeah. um, but david you can take it away well in, in this one I'm thinking um I really liked your idea that we spend actually, we'll have three episodes on Havamal, right? And we'll split it up yeah. kind of alternating with a slightly related, but slightly different topic. The full Havamal, is it about 150 stanzas, if I'm remembering correctly? I have it right here. That sounds about right. Might be 160. That's, that's what I recall. Yeah. And so that breaking it up, you know, definitely the last third is a bit about like Odin and and magic and spells, right? And so this mm-hmm. first third, for my reading of it, it's kind of, it's the more general life advice, right? It's just that when you are doing things day to day that a Viking would do, how should you act, right? Yeah. But, um, and then I'm reading the book, The Echo of Odin, and that's, uh, I think, Edward Smith. And he actually has a chapter in there relating it to the Ten Commandments. He says, is this at all like the Ten Commandments? Or how would you consider that, you know, the differences? Or are there any similarities? And he mostly said it's, it's very quite different. I think this is my original idea as I haven't read it anywhere else, but when you say virtue ethics, what it really makes me think of, you know, either morals or ethics, the the Greek Stoics that I keep bringing up, they are of all the schools of philosophy. They're one of the ones that really dived into ethics. And, and some people would say that there really haven't been a lot of new ideas or new advancements on what is ethical behavior uh, beyond that. They very much took the ideas from Socrates and Plato that I was talking a little bit about last week. Actually, this is me almost going off on a tangent, but it just reminded me with the four different types of metals. So I finished listening to the um, the podcast by Dr. Lantern Jack. Uh, he goes by on ancient Greek mythology. So to Plato's book four. And part of what he was saying in there, I, I was really interested in this idea. And it connects in as I'm looking through the Havamal. Because going back, that idea of the four metals, he says, it's the noble myth that we tell the children growing up that everybody's made of dust. We're all brothers in that way. Right? It's not like we're born of mothers and we have any kind of lineage from our parents. It's like, no, we're just random collections of dust, which if you listen to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he would say that we're all made of stardust. So that's correct, um, scientifically speaking, but that we're just piles of dust. But some of us have more gold in us. Some of us have more silver dust. Some of us have more bronze or copper. And when you look at Plato's argument of what he's trying to argue is what is justice? What does it look like to live in a just society? One of his answers is for everyone to do their part, to know what their role is in society and do it well. And part of that sounds really bad when you say people need to know their role and stick to it, right? That's what the the leaders would tell you to do, right? But the other side of that is that if you know what you're good at in society, and then you feel like you really belong because it's respected that you're good at what you do, then you know your role in society. You know where you fit, where you belong in society. 
that's a very nice thing, right? If you're respected for being an artist, right? If you're respected for being a teacher, right? Then you, you have a talent, a natural talent, and you do that well, right? You don't yeah. try to be a politician when you're, you really don't have the temperament for a politician, right? You're a great business CEO. You know how to do that very well, but then maybe you're actually just uh, causing some kind of harm when you try to lead a political organization, right? Yeah. So that was, that was one thing I took away to, to yeah, like add a little more to that conversation of last time, right? It's not like, oh, you have you know, copper in your, in your soul or your, the dust you're made up of, and that's all you're good for. It's like, no, that's, there might be a thing there that you're really good at, right? And if nobody respects that, well, that's society's problem. You might fit really well, right? Somewhere yeah. doing something. So went off on that topic. What, what I had I intended to say is that the, so it's actually the, the stoic virtues, as I call them, are really actually the, the cardinal virtues of classical philosophy. So there, there were ideas known before Socrates. Nobody seemed to really write them down very clearly from what I hear before Socrates. Uh, the four virtues are wisdom, justice, temperance, and courage. Okay. So wisdom is kind of one of the most abstract, but it's knowing what to do. And it's, and it's how do you know, right? But if you're trying to be courageous and you want to know, well, is this really courageous? Is this the right thing to do towards courage? Well, if you have wisdom and courage, then you then you know. As we're talking about this idea of justice, right? What is what's the just thing to do? Right? What's this question, how do you even define justice? Is it fair or equitable? Or what's the other word you're looking for besides justice? But if you have wisdom, then you know what that is, right? And that's, uh, Plato spends a whole, you know, it's like 12 books or something within a book trying to define it, try, trying to understand that wisdom, right? The other one, so it's wisdom, it's justice, which we talked about in Plato's Republic. Basically, it says that it's, there is justice if you have all the other things. If you have the wisdom, the courage, the temperance is kind of like moderation, right? So if, if everyone is acting moderately, right? Like you're, you run a business, but you're not trying to put all the other businesses out of business because you know, you need customers who have a living wage, right? People need to have mm -hmm. jobs. So if you put everybody out of business and you're in a city and everyone's unemployed, no one's coming back to your business. So that's not a moderate way to run a business. That's a, yeah. a tyrannical way to run a business. Another way to look at the way, the way I remember the word temperance, because most things, it probably comes to your mind, like the temperance movement, which was actually about never drink alcohol, right? That's not actually temperate. The temperate would be to drink alcohol in moderation, never get too drunk, right? Yeah. Um, but Which is huge in Habermal. So uh, say again? <laughs> Which is huge in Habermal. Habermal moderation is like a key, right? So the way I remember temperance is the idea actually of, it comes from metalwork. So this will really tie into Vikings, right? That if you're making steel, you need the right blend of iron and carbon. You put too much carbon and the sword, you hit something, it shatters. You put not enough and your sword bends because that's too much iron, but not enough carbon. So that, to, and you temper the metal, you blend it together, you hammer it together, you fold it over, and then you have a, a sword that is both, um, has some flexibility, won't shatter, but it's not going to bend on you. It's exactly about balance. It's about moderation. That's temperance. And then courage is one that's, you know, I think a very key Viking uh, virtue as well, right? It's not, it's, it's not actually about not being afraid. It's that you're afraid and you do it anyways. If you pretend you're not yeah. afraid, it wasn't really courage. You're just reckless, right? But then it goes to the idea, right? Is courage always um, a virtue? Is it always a good thing, right? And that goes to that idea that none of these virtues actually work on their own. They all need each other, right? It's your, you have to be kind of balanced. You have to be kind of some moderation in courage, but you also have to be wise and know what you should be courageous about, right? Is this the time to be courageous, even if you risk yourself? How do you know it's the right time to risk yourself? Well, that's wisdom tells you that. Right. Yeah. Sean, any questions you have from that, especially that conversation on the, the, the virtues? Yeah. No. And it, 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 a lot, you, a lot of the four virtues seem to be very in line with, uh, Havmal in yeah. general. Like, and I know, you know, I, I looked, I did some external research and I know there's some, like a list of nine virtues, I think maybe right. for practice from like modern day pagans that look at Havmal as inspiration, right. um, maybe nine being just the number nine, which is huge in Norse mythology, oh, yeah. but also maybe nine to like compare it to the 10 commandments of, you know, of Christianity. But, it, but what you, what you, what you said there, like it does definitely ties into a list of 28 things that I took away from Havmal. Right. So the, uh, the theory of the cardinal virtues is that those four are all that matter. If you do that, you will be doing the right thing your life will go well. You'll have a, you know, the things around you will start to go well as well. Right. And so then, as you say, like the other one has nine virtues, the idea is either they all would, you can actually fit them somewhere under wisdom, justice, temperance, or courage, mm -hmm. or they're ones that are, they're nice, but they're not essential, right? Like to, uh, to be polite to people, right. is actually not necessary. Right. But some people might think yeah. politeness is, is very valuable. Right? And then what, and from my reading of the Havamal so far, 
justice is one place there might be some disagreement. Certainly the Vikings might disagree with the Greeks on what is justice. I think they all agree on wisdom. They agree on moderation. They agree on courage. But what is justice is the, the hard question. And I think some of that goes to from the Greeks idea, the idea of the cosmopolis was important. You're a citizen of the cosmos kind of, of all humanity, right? I think that's an idea that then carries over into Christianity very strongly that we're, we're all brothers and sisters. For the Vikings, I don't think that's true, right? I think they're tribe of the people that they cared about were the people they cared about. And if you're their enemy, then you're their enemy. So I'll probably come back to that idea later, but that was my reading of Havamal uh, so far. But uh, Sean, I'll give you to what were some of the themes you saw? Well, no, and, and that's that, that last part's pretty accurate. The one thing I thought was interesting about Havamal, and this, is, this isn't necessarily in the notes that I just took, but there also seems to be more of a emphasis on friendship with people and like an emphasis on em- enemies, as you mentioned. But I'd say the emphasis on friendship is more so than that of family. Yeah. Based yeah. on Havamal. And like I know there's like one like la- there's like one like note on be sure to have sons and daughters so yeah. like they can carry on your name and carry on your reputation, but it's more so for the sake of carrying on your reputation as opposed to, you know, have a strong family. It's like have good friends kind of thing. Right. Um it's interesting, right? Because you can't you want to build a tribe, a strong community, but you can't marry other men. And maybe you could marry them to your daughters or something like that, right? But that idea of that friendship that it's it's more than just like the way we would probably think of friendship, right? It's really this thing that actually cements a community of, of who can you trust. You know, um, I, like Jordan, I think it was Jordan Peterson. He was talking about this idea of, of chaos and the, the metaphor, the image of the snake really representing chaos. And he would say that, that we're all just a bag of snakes, right? I'm a bag of snakes. You're a bag of snakes. How do I know I can trust you, right? And that, that question, right? And they say maybe it's like seeing through a person's eyes, trying to see their soul through their eyes. But how do you know a person's not just all the worst intentions they could possibly be? Like Loki, probably. Right? Um, that's I think the Havamal tries to get at some of that. How do you know? To, how do you trust anybody? Well, yeah, and that's that's it. Like with with Havamal, there's this huge sense of like self reliance, yeah. um, you know, or individualism. Like self reliance, but yet you need friends, right? That's yeah. It's that's very much the temperate view because it, it's both, right? Like you can't depend on your friends but you need to have friends. You can't be alone. Well, yeah. And I'm wondering if that's where the balance that you mentioned earlier comes in. Um, because like you need, you need to have friends, but you also more importantly need to know who is your true friend. Because then if you, then if you know who your true friend is, you know who your potential enemy is, which 1500 years ago in a very tribalistic society, maybe that was very necessary. Yeah. And, and that's wisdom, that. right? Because if you picked wrong, it's deadly wrong in the Viking era, right? If you thought they were your friend, but no, they were not your friend that could get you killed. Yeah. So that, that's, that's very cool to think about, but with, with Havamal, like, you know, I mentioned self-reliance, uh, moderation is a huge thing. And that also kind of goes around with balance. And in the poem, he, as I mentioned, he goes over many stanzas of just moderation with alcohol. He like, just don't, he pretty much says, don't drink too much, but primarily the reason why he doesn't want you to drink too much is because if you drink too much, you're going to say something stupid in the presence of a potential enemy. And then like your reputation or your upper hand is going to be lost. Piggybacking on that. He also says, you know, you need to shut up because if you, if you, if like, and we've all been at meetings at work where like, there's always somebody that speaks and speaks and speaks, you know, it's at what point do you need to just like not speak, but listen because you're going to know more about the speaker than the speaker is going to know about you, which in this sense, in the sake of Havamal, it like would give you the upper hands. Like it's, it's different if you're in a, like a business meeting setting, but like, yeah. I, I just added one of the, uh, as, you, as you described that, it, up. Yeah. I can picture what you're saying. Right. And it's always, I think they're trying to get people to like, them, and they keep talking and they keep talking, hoping they say the right thing to get somebody to like them. And then it yeah. goes to a point too far where you, you said too much. Yeah. You revealed too much about yourself. Now it's awkward. Yeah. But I also know people that I've worked with that just like, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like another issue. That's like on the other end of the spectrum. But there, like, there's a again, line exactly in there where he says, yeah, if you just sit, uh, Odin says, you know, if you just sit and stare in the corner and don't talk, like you're the worst kind of person. It's <laughs> basically what Odin says. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, it's a, there's a huge emphasis on wisdom. And knowledge, which as we know, that's that's literally Odin. He has this huge quest for wisdom or lust for knowledge. He does mention be bold, be brave, excuse me, be brave. He had one stanza where he encourages you to be a traveler. He wants he thinks that you should be widely traveled because that will give you more knowledge as well, which I think is pretty interesting because I consider myself a world traveler and I want to see as like many countries as possible. He values discipline, he values sleep, primarily sleep because if you, if you have a lack of sleep, then you're not going to function properly. Yeah. And again, you may overplay your hand in front of like enemies or something. 
but he also says that you should probably get up early. You know, the early bird gets the worm, which I know you made a note there as well. The, like, the way Odin says it is much better than a early bird gets the worm. <laughs> doesn't mean like you get to steal your uh, like neighbor's shit or something yeah. like what? Right. Yeah. If you're going to steal your neighbor's stuff, well, you better wake up early <laughs> before they do. <laughs> yeah. Again, Odin is not, he's not this um That's not the Ten Commandments, person. right? Yeah. That's not the Ten yeah. Commandments at all. Yeah. Let's see. He says, don't gossip and don't trust gossipers. Again, you know, don't talk too much. He, he also goes into, he, he gets into some weird, like modern day shit. He, he talks like a lot about happiness and he also goes into some stuff later where, you know, if you look at life, it's better to be alive than dead, no matter what. Um, and so like, I'm wondering if like, there's some like modern day interpretation of like living in the present moment. Oh yeah. There's even and one where like, he says, going back to the idea of sleep, right? He says, why are you being foolish, staying awake, not falling asleep, worrying about things? You're going to worry about it all night. And the problem's going to be the same in the morning. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's very easy to say, but then it's hard to do. It's hard to just turn that off. But Odin is completely correct. So he doesn't tell you how to do it, but it's like, yeah, that's, but maybe somewhat thinking of that being like, yeah, but I'll, I'll leave the worrying for tomorrow. That's a good idea. If you can do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talks about owning a, or like having a home to go, to go sleep in at nighttime, which if like you looked at a modern day interpretation is home ownership, like. A, a huge thing today. And like, if you look at, like, I know we live in the United States and home ownership is like what you're encouraged to do as soon as you can, like, you know, get equity in a house, like buy property, et cetera, and hope that increases in value. And I know that's not what Odin is getting at here. He's more so just saying like, have a place to sleep, but I thought that was interesting. Well, that one stood out to me as I'm, I told you, I started doing a little bit of reading on the runes and the first rune is a, it's shaped like an F and it's very much about wealth and prosperity, but it's actually the symbol yeah. for cattle. So that's the thing I've been reading that that cattle was a huge part of their wealth. But the idea if you, it's kind of like people, uh, you know, good one for, for stocks and for cryptocurrency, right? <laughs> it's like, do you put all your money in cattle or should you have put a little bit less money in cattle and also had a little house, right? Like you want to get to, you want to have a big house eventually, right? You want to be the big guy with a nice car and the big house, but maybe you should have had a little house and some cattle because your and cattle can pigs, die at any moment. You know? Somebody can come in and kill your cattle. The wolves show up and eat your cattle. They die of a disease. And now where are you? No home, right? And now begging to your neighbors for a place to stay, right? So that's yeah, and the, the pers- context. The farmer, yeah. the farmer should have expanded their portfolio, you know, of yeah. cows, pigs, diversify. Goats. Odin is saying diversify your portfolio. Don't don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? That's the modern <laughs> saying. Yep. Awesome. Um, let's see. He does say he does say carry a weapon, which you know makes sense if you're leaving your house maybe 1500 years ago. He says, this is interesting. He says, don't be too cheap, which I think just goes into moderation. Cause like, if you, if you just spend your life, like being very frugal, that's probably good for the long run. But you know, at some, at some point, like, are you just going to like start enjoying your money when you are older? And it's like, are you going to miss out on the present or like miss out on living your life? Which I thought was interesting because it kind of goes into that, you know, focus on your happiness and not worrying so much um, that we both mentioned. Maybe, maybe I'll read the formal part of it, but it talks about, yeah give your friends gifts of weapons, right? And that's what it said to me as I'm you know, trying to get into this understanding the Viking context and all of that, right? Don't sit on a stockpile of wealth and a weapons supply. Give them out to your neighbors because what's better than having a stockpile of weapons having all your neighbors armed? When that one guy shows up and it's you versus you know five guys come into your house, right? Like it doesn't matter that you have 20 guns, right? But if both your neighbors had guns and they loved you because you gave them guns, you're in a much better situation, right? It's, it's yeah. actually applies. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Don't worry so much. We mentioned, he mentions clothe your clothing yourself, which makes sense. But he, he, instead of like keeping yourself warm, he says, you got to close your clothe yourself. So you don't look stupid. But then he later says that it doesn't matter if you have like a pair of raggedy shoes, as long as you have shoes, yeah. like you shouldn't be judged for having any clothes at all, which I thought was interesting, but he, yeah, friendship is a huge thing. Knowing who your friends are and trusting your friends in like do like taking the steps to keep your friends, I guess. One thing that is interesting here, this kind of goes if you if you're like have this like huge lust for wisdom or this like lust for knowledge and this quest for wisdom, that's something that Odin like stops at nothing to achieve. But there's one stanza where he says, You don't want to be too wise. You want to be moderately wise. Yeah, he goes through a few where he says all the several reasons, at least four or five reasons why why to be moderately wise. Um just as you're telling me it now, I'm thinking about that part. I said a while back about that idea, the difference between the logos and the mythos, right? Yeah. The way of logical thinking that we have was completely foreign to them. They had a whole different way of thinking. It's hard to even get into that mindset, right? So I think they wouldn't have even had the words for like being too intellectual, right? Being too all in your head, right? So it's not about not being wise on a very broad sense, right? I think it's as we go back and forth, like the masculine wisdom, the feminine wisdom, right? There's have a good intuition, but don't be such an intellectual, right? That's, that's probably actually what they're going for. That's my guess, but yeah. 
Yeah, that could be it. Or this, like, as I mentioned, my headcanon is that like Havamal takes place when Odin may be nearing his death. And in this case, in the sense of like the Norse timeline close to Ragnarok. And we know in Voluspa, which I previously mentioned, when he awakes this dead Cirrus, he is, he's told the events of Ragnarok. So he's effectively told how he's going to die. So he tries so much to get this wisdom. Then he finds out like his, about his mortality he gets depressed. And I, I, I know I, I mentioned this in previous episodes, like I think Odin has a huge case of like existential dread. Um, so I'm wondering if like, this is him saying like, you don't want to know everything. Trust me. Yeah. Like you just want to be moderately wise enough to live, but also enjoy your life, which, which you sort of touched on, but like. No. And, and if you look at some philosophers who were very intelligent, right. Um, it's Albert Camus was a French philosopher, uh, Frederick Nietzsche, a German one. They were both very depressed. I think Nietzsche had like a psychotic break later in his life. They thought about these things too much, maybe. I, th- I think maybe, um, I forget who was interpreting that, kind of comparing the differences of, of Carl Jung to Frederick Nietzsche, because they both asked some of the same questions and they were both very intelligent. But Nietzsche kind of like broke his brain thinking too much is one way to say it, right? And I think yeah. that's, I think Odin is that exact um, example of like, it's hard to say, right? Don't think about it too much, but but seriously, don't think about it too much. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's not like going to make you happy. Yeah, certainly. Maybe he should have thought about it from nine to five, and then at five o'clock, gone down to the pub with his friends. That and that would be the moderate reason why you should actually have a drink, right? Every now and then, to uh, again, if you have addiction or things, maybe not, but but yeah. in general, right? Yeah, why not? Why never drink? Why maybe sometimes let loose a bit and drink, right? Yeah, exactly. Rise early. I mentioned. He, he mentions a need for basic survivor skills in this sense. I think it's like knowing how to build a fire or knowing how to tell time based on the sun and like knowing like how to work the, the fields and the seasons, you know? So like, let's say the sol- solstice pass, like when do you start planting your crops or something like that? Weirdly, he mentions you got to be groomed. Um, but I know I mentioned previously that he doesn't, he said, it doesn't matter what you wear, but like he, he I think groomed in this sense means you need to be able to take care of your body or your take care of yourself. Yeah. We should, we should probably read that line. Cause it's, it's such a good one. Cause it's really about, it doesn't matter how nice your clothes are, but that you showed, you put effort into your appearance when you show up at, I think it's talking about the, uh, the, the all thing, the court they have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because it doesn't say who you are, that whether, you know, you're in a good financial state right now or not, but that you wake up and put some effort into yourself. That's who you are. Right. So it's a, it's a very interesting uh, perspective, but I think I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quid pro quo is a huge thing. At one stanza, I should have listed the stanzas here. He mentions it's good to be in the sun. So like I'm wondering if it's like get some vitamin D, you know, to like a modern day interpretation, just like get out, you know, in nature, especially in this day and age, I work from home. You know, my wife works from home and like, sometimes we just have to like be able to take a step away from our computers and go outside. Oh, and at a, 20 at a minutes, Nordic like, latitude, right? Yeah. It makes such a difference. There's so, so few hours of sunlight, right? Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah. Actually, that's very true. Yeah, no, I, I have many stories about just like my how like my, my time in Iceland, but we can get like we can get into that later. Just like with the, the five hours of daylight and how we had to like yeah. kind of plan our day around that. But we, well, that's what you were just talking about with with you and your wife and trying to get out some sunlight while you're working from home. Was that right? Well, yeah, just like to you know because in and I guess what I, what I was referring to was that like since the pandemic started, we both started working from home, yeah. and it it's a situation where I wake up, walk the dogs, make breakfast, like work out or something. And then two feet away, you know, after breakfast is my computer. Right. And then I'm there until 530. And then I make dinner right there. And, you know, I think that like, I just thought this was interesting in like a modern day interpretation, like, you know, during COVID is that like, you need to be able to just step outside and say like, this is not my life. Like this is a nine to five thing. I don't need to worry about this. I do need to live in the present moment. That's the thing I'll do is, you know, um, Cause I can, sometimes I have to go to the office, but sometimes I can work from home. Sometimes I'll go to the office on purpose because I need to go commute. Right? Cause I haven't commuted for like three weeks. I actually miss it. Right. And I don't get to listen to a podcast for, you know, 15 minutes on the drive and, or 30 minutes. Right. And it's another thing about, you know, as you're talking about the sunlight and being in tune with the seasons, right. We have real extreme weather here in, in Albuquerque. So in the winter, like I got to get out in the middle of the day. If the sun goes down, it's too cold again. Right. If, if I wait till the sun went down, uncomfortably cold. The morning is really cold here, especially in the, in the high desert. But then in the summer, it's way too hot, you know, almost hundred degrees to go out in the middle of the day. I got to get out like right at five or 6 PM, right. As it's about to sunset or else I, yeah, it's like not pleasant to go out. Right. So when you're in touch with the seasons, when you go out at the best time, pleasant weather, then you, you have to be paying attention right, to what's, what's yeah. happening around you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like, there's this overall awareness of the situation. Cause like, you know, you like in, in our situation where we do 
when we do work from home, we may like just get lost in that. And like, it, it's, it's a recipe just to have like high anxiety. Funny story. My, my work for the first time in nearly two years is letting us voluntarily come back in yeah. 12 days. So I'm thinking about doing it like once every week or so, or like once every other week, just to like, see what that experience is like. Yeah. And I remember I always, I would always go into work early, work out at the gym, shower. And that was like my routine. Right to like help prepare the day as opposed to like me just waking up and my computer is right there. But I guarantee the first day I do it, I'm going to get used to the DC. I'm going to like see the DC traffic again. And I'm going to say, fuck this. I want to work from home forever. <laughs> and so I'll take the anxiety. I don't, I don't know if Odin has any advice on that of that. Yeah. You, you think you'll miss it until you remember what it actually is. <laughs> well, yeah. With Odin, especially like it, it depends on the story, like whatever he needs in the story, but he can like ride slave near over like mountains. Yeah. Or like down the world tree, you just feel like he probably doesn't understand, you know, traffic in the United States. Meeting or Odin in uh, Road Rage, or especially Thor in Road Rage, would be a problem. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. There is a funny story about uh, o- or Thor trying to cross a river, but Odin like stops him. But like, I think that's like a story for another day. Yeah, Thor and his like running with traffic. It's a modern. There's the modern day interpretation modern by day. Sean and David. Any other ones? You mentioned the yeah, yeah. sons and daughters. Repu- I'll, I'll probably come back to the idea of reputation, right? How that's yeah huge for them. I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so like he mentions that reputation is above all, and there's like one, like he mentions like life better to be alive, no matter better than, or excuse me, better to be alive than dead, no matter what. And then one thing that I found very interesting, and this is something that Odin would know from Volaspa because Odin, because of Volaspa, he knows how he's going to die at Ragnarok. He knows, yeah, Fenrir is going to kill him. Um, Fenrir, the wolf, is going to kill him. He mentions death comes to us all. So like, this is where I think he, he understands this. And like, if you look at Odin in this poem as an old figure, he knows it's like, it's, he's on like death's doorstep. And so like, I'm wondering if there's like some sense of like thanatophobia. I'm not sure if I said that right, but it's like yeah. the fear of death or mortality. And like, I'm wondering if that's where he just has this like huge sense of like, or this is like proof of his existential dread. Yeah. And so, that, that thanatophobia yeah. comes from the the Greek for Thanatos was there. They're yeah. kind of related with death. And, Not yeah. Thanos. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> was he a Titan? I'm wondering. He might have been a Titan but because he, he wasn't yeah. Hades. But yeah. The other thing I got from one line where this Odin was talking about kind of that fear of death, but he was actually also talking about gratitude. He was kind of like better having an able body than being ill, you know, but better being, you know, losing a hand than being blind and better to be blind than to be dead. Right. And it's, it's kind of, it, he puts it in that order and it sounds like he's being very morbid, but it's actually like, no, be grateful for what you have. Right. And that's a modern, very much a modern uh, advice people give all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like Odin is like secretly like this, um, like a new age, like I get a new age vibe, but like, I'm wondering if he's like, he like leads meditations. Well, I think that's the idea. Yeah. The, the new age people, they're repackaging this wisdom, whether they get it out of a Buddhist tradition or maybe, I don't know if any of them read uh Nordic stuff, right. Or if it's, as I found some of those cardinal virtues that probably align through all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about, but it, and it's just interesting to me because like modern day pagans, like I, I, I like you read about them, like looking at Havamal as like their, their like code of ethics. And like, I don't think it's necessarily should be considered a Viking code of ethics because it's, it's like something it's that I feel like there's something different there, but like, I am wondering if Havamal can be considered. And I know I mentioned this earlier, if Havamal can be considered just like, a potential way to live your life if like knowing that your life is is finite. Whereas the Ten Commandments are like, well, you need to know how to live your life virtuously to help others and then go to heaven right. forever. But like I, I think it's and like well, I'm not saying like Havamal should be followed because like there's some later stanzas that just like say don't trust women. Like that's yeah. beyond like stanzas 80. So there's like some yeah. crappy shit in there. But like, you know, I could see how somebody could look at this for like some inspiration to help well, on how to like live their life. And that's what it goes to, right? Are you reading it? too literally, right? Because the the Stoic virtues are very much written in a way of, it doesn't actually tell you what to do about anything. It's, it's the way Socrates always was. It tells you what to think about. It tells you what questions to ask, right? And I think when Odin talks about everything, you know, be an individual, think for yourself, right? So his line about not trusting women, right? It's like, well, but should you, you meet a new woman, should you immediately trust her entirely, completely without question, right? Like, no, because you don't know who she is. You don't know her, right? So that you should question, right? And then the idea of, well, when, when do you actually start to know? And when do you have to still question and all those things, right? You know, you meet a new friend, right? And your gut feeling tells you that you can't trust him. But then when you're supposed to kind of try to trust him, try to act decently, but something tells you he's, he's not friendly, right? Think about that, right? Ask that question, right? So I think that's the, is before I actually read the Havamal, right? I would read some of those ideas of the, yeah, the, the modern, uh, you know, Norse tradition way of looking at Norse mythology for advice, right? And yeah, it's, it's not that simple, right? You can't just take lines out of it and say, well, this is how you live your life. You always do this, mm-hmm. right? But 
but it raises all the good questions of what to think about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So should we do it? Should we jump into a couple of lines from it? Because I think that clarifies what it's really saying, right? Of reading it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's pretty cool because it, it's, it gives you advice on how you need to live your life. But at what point can the modern day interpretation of it be unhealthy if you just have this like skepticism of other people, or if you have this like skepticism of life that, you know, sort of like puts you in a position where you can't enjoy the moment, which contradicts itself. But well, like it's it, the yeah. balance, right? Because uh, always be skeptical of people. Yet also always be generous and always invite people into your home, but keep an eye on them, right? Like that's actually what it says, right? It, yeah. yeah. It doesn't say never invite anybody into your home. It doesn't say be so skeptical. It doesn't say be so skeptical of everyone that you would never invite anyone into your home, right? It very much says, no, that's not correct, right? So, but still be a bit skeptical of things. That's fine. But it, yeah. And I guess to your point, like I, I'd prefer never to just invite a stranger in my house, like regardless. Yeah. Um. So I'm wondering if like that's even unhealthier. In the sense of Havamal, just we're like, no, like, I don't know you. Like, there's no reason, like, we'll talk outside if you're a solicitor well, that, or something like that. And that comes like, to the idea of community. I'll probably come back to that later, maybe even as well, have several parts on Havamal. But I think that can we apply these things today, right? Or how do we have to rethink about how we apply it or don't apply it? You want me to read one from section 22 that I liked? Maybe we'll yeah, kind of go, go back and forth and read some of the ones we liked. So yeah. let's see. And we have different uh, translations. I got the one I liked as a it was uh, Oxford uh, translation. And so it keeps it, it makes it kind of contemporary, like what um, Jackson Crawford does, but I think it keeps a nice poetic feel like some of the very old versions, but it's mm-hmm. not having all the, the these and thous and words you can get tripped up on even the old English, right? So yeah, definitely. See, so this one says, he's a wretched man of evil disposition, the one who makes fun of everything. He doesn't know the one thing he ought to know that he is not devoid of faults. So that's my thought there is it's uh, men in glass houses should not throw stones, right? <laughs> it says like, you're the worst kind of person. It says if you make fun of everything, right? The person who's just so sarcastic, just being like, well, that's stupid. That's dumb. Make everything into a joke, right? And it's like, have you not looked in the mirror and seen all the things we can make fun of you about? But we're being polite and we're not making fun of you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Any other thoughts you have on that one, Sean, or should we move move forward? We can, we can move forward. Yeah, um, let's go to one of yours, yeah. Sure. Uh, so the one, I guess the first one I started, and by the way, like I wanted to start like 30 of them. These are really good. And I do have Crawford's translation, which yeah. it's from his translation of the Poetic Edda, but I also have a copy of his book that he wrote specifically for Havamal called The Wanderer's Havamal, where he goes into like a little bit further detail on like the importance to him of this poem, but he also gives the Old Norse like version as well that like I can't read, but it gives you like side-by-side comparison. Then he also shares a poem of Havamal of him pretending it's his grandfather speaking to him. Cause, and that's like this, this whole poem like means a lot to him and like his values because he like considers his grandfather's advice to him very similar. I think when you find pieces, yeah, that you're like, if your grandpa told you, you know, even just a quarter of the things out of here, right. You're like, yeah, this is the type of wisdom uh, grandpa would have said. Yeah. So I I, like, really like that idea. Yeah. Um, so the first stanza that I had was actually stanza 13, which is more so just related to don't drink too much because you're going to sound like an idiot. Yeah. But stanza 15, um, I think is pretty cool. A noble man should be silent, thoughtful, and bold in battle. But every man should also be cheerful and happy till the inevitable day of his death. So that just goes into like, have these values in life, but don't take yourself like too seriously. You need to enjoy life while you have it, which I thought was pretty cool. That's why I started that one. Uh, stanza 34. It's a great detour to a bad friend's home, even though he lives on the route. But to a good friend's house, the way lies straight, even though he lives far off. So it's, it's saying that it's easy to get to a bad friend's house, but a good friend's house, you have to go further, but it's a straight path. Right? So it's like a safer journey if your friend lives 100 miles away. Even it, like even if it's a safer journey, even if like you're going to your neighbor's house, who's your enemy or something. Yeah, it's very it's very metaphorical, and I like that you said safe, right? Because if it's a straight route, you can see where you're going, you know what to expect, right? You really think like you have a cart and you're going down a road, right? If it's a twisty, turny road, every turn you have to be ready for danger. So that kind of says like maybe there is somebody you could go to for help, but is that safe? But then there's a person you know you can go for help, even if it's harder, whatever else. That that's the one to go for, right? Yeah. No, so I like that the poetic uh, metaphor aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so another one I think is interesting is stanza twenty-seven. It's best for a fool to keep his mouth shut among other people. No one will know he knows nothing if he says nothing. Ill-informed people are also the ones who don't know when to stop talking, yeah. which again, like, I don't want to make any 
like I, I don't want to say like this is something that we all deal with, but we probably all deal with it if we well, all work in an it office. It also like, is a, an elaboration on the who is it? The- Honer, yeah. But in, in uh, Hemskringle, he was sent to the Vanier with Honer, right? And, and so that kind of goes to like yeah, Honer. yeah. Like why was it so terrible for Honer to you know open his mouth and to say stupid things, right? Or to be, be that's right shown a fool, right? It was that if this was kind of a virtue for them, like he did something that was that was quite then problematic. It wasn't just like, you know, my initial thing was like, well, he was a good looking dummy, but what did you expect of him, right? But it's like, no, <laughs> if he opened his mouth and showed that he wasn't known for anything, like they, yeah, were very much violated. Yeah, and I think, and I think in that story, it was, uh, we know we like in both, in both like uh, sources, it was Mimir and Honor. Uh, it was and Mimir. Like yeah. maybe. Maybe Honer like was like, "Hey, Mamir's making me sound smart. I'm going to start talking, talking, talking." And he yeah. like built this like reputation up. Right. And then because he kept talking, he sounds like an idiot. So and yeah, I think combining these ideas, I'm like, that sounds like a where these things went, right? And that's a good case of. Uh, and then you get Mamir's head chopped off. Yeah, exactly. Um, so stanza forty: Do not be so sparing and using your money that you don't use it for your own needs. Often, what you save for your children will end up in the hands of your enemies. Many things will go worse than you expect. Which again, you know, don't don't be fr- don't be frugal. Spend your money, like live your life, because you may like something may happen where you may lose it. Oh yeah, and then it's followed by with weapons and gifts, friends should gladden one another. Those which can be seen on them. Mutual givers and receivers are friends for longest if the friendship keeps going well. Right. So I, I like that that was one after the other, and it was that. You could pile up your property, but then somebody can come steal it from you. Spend your property on relationships and things that will protect you, right? If you can, if you could trust your neighbors, if you were in that kind of a society, spend some money on them so they are there to protect you. Yeah, definitely. I think that was another thing that struck me as they talk about the like not being, you know, just being average wise, also just being average rich, right? Because if and back in those times, right, if you were the richest guy in town, you got a big target on your back, right? So I didn't think about that. that maybe that don't makes do that. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't do that, right? And that's our current conversations around. Uh, <laughs> I read too much Reddit, and they're talking about uh, eating the billionaires and things like that. And it's like, well, back in Viking times, right? Yeah. Scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're if if like you're again like we we've talked about this in previous episode. If you are living 1,500 years ago, like in Iceland or Norway. And you were known as the rich person. Of course, you probably like have security. You like have paid security, but you're also more of a target. Well, that's what this, this what that's what this line is saying. You better have spent some of that money on security because if you didn't and you didn't make friends and allies, oh boy, they're they're coming for you. Yeah, just don't spend it on too much clothes or too much alcohol. Yeah, yes, <laughs> but just just enough alcohol to get your friends just drunk enough that they really appreciate you and they start. Uh, I was watching the. Uh, uh, Matthias Nordvig's uh or listening to his podcast. Yeah. And and he was kind of uh talking about how the, the the Viking bros and everybody's had this experience where you get just drunk enough where you love everyone and you love your friends a lot more than seems <laughs> reasonable, right? Because that's and that's what the Vikings did. They just got just drunk enough that they're all hugging each other and why they're gonna die for each other and pledging oaths and uh, that's that's what they did. That's what we still do. Right? And then if they have two, like two, too many drinks more, they'll kill each other anyway. So you, you, you go too far and then it becomes the angry drunk, right? But yeah, you want, it's the moderation. There's just that right level where it's, I love you, bro. I love you, man. Right. That's, that's the right level to get your, uh, your allies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, you, I think you're next. Yeah. So Sansa 52, you should not give only big gifts. Often a little thing will win you favor. I have one friends with just a half load loaf of bread and a bowl of soup. Which huh. I think is very heartwarming, to be honest. Like not just because it's yeah. hot soup, but I think that's that's kind of cool to think about. Like, it's it's the gesture that counts. And like, oh yeah, yeah. In my version, it said with half a loaf and a tilted cup. So I thought they were drinking beer after they had a loaf of bread. But I, the, the the soup is good too, right? Yeah. No, that's we can we can pretend it's beer. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It depends on the translation, but I, th- I think probably um, your version got it very very literal. Where this one maybe left it open to interpretation on purpose. But yeah, I was, sure. <laughs> I was going to read a few of them in a row, I feel like they, they had a nice connection. So let me, yeah, let me read a few of these. So again, concerning the one you don't trust, whose mind you suspect, you should laugh with him and disguise your thoughts. A gift should be repaid with a like one. I was young once and traveled alone. And then I found myself going astray rich. I thought myself when I met someone for man is the joy of man, generous and brave men live the best. Seldom do they harbor sorrow. But the cowardly man is afraid of everything, and the miser is always worried when he gets a gift. My clothes I gave out in the field to two wooden men, 
champions they thought themselves when they had clothing. The naked man is despised. The fir tree withers that stands on the farmstead, neither bark nor needles protect it. So it is with the man who no one loves. How long should he live for? Hotter than fire between bad friends, burns fondness for five days, but it dies down when the sixth day comes and all the friendship goes to bad. What were your thoughts on that, Sean? There's a few good ones in there. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's good. <laughs> I, the, the one I like is that even if you don't trust somebody, don't let them see it, right? Like, yeah. Smile, give them a gift back, right? But stay suspicious. You know, there's something wrong with them, right? Keep that eye on it. Well, um, that's why it's so, it's so interesting. Cause like, yeah. you know, it, this doesn't like just say like, none of this stuff says like, if you know you, who your enemy is, don't like just attack. Right. Like, don't just like destroy them. Like right there. Just like, don't overplay no. your hand and don't let them know them that you know they're an enemy against right. you. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, just, as I'm saying that that's wise for two reasons. Right. Cause one, maybe you're wrong, right? Maybe they're not an enemy and that would have gone badly, but two, <laughs> Now they don't see you coming, right? And that's, you know, I think we'll come to that one in a moment about a wake up early in the morning if you're going to rob them. Let me see. Just get them drunk so they're asleep and then you can stand And then see if they say too much, right? So if you follow the Havamal virtues and they don't, you really have a, a, yeah, like up on them, right? Um, yeah. There's something else in here. One about, yeah, just talks about that being by yourself. How far is that going to get you, right? It's a, the hotter than fire between bad friends burns fondness for five days. But then it dies down when the sixth day comes and all that friendship goes to bad. Um, there was another idea in here kind of where, you know, it goes back and forth, right? Where you're, you're not supposed to be a beggar, but yet you're supposed to be generous and let people in. But mm-hmm. you kind of don't look down on the, on the beggar and then you're, you know, you seek hospitality, you should be met with it, but then don't overstay your welcome. It reminded me of this, it's, it's a thing I've experienced. I think it's a real life wisdom, right? Which is, you know, when you get to know some, when you meet new people, they, they want to present you with their best face, right? The, the best version of themselves, but they can't maintain that forever. At some point, they're just going to yeah. be themselves, right? And I think it's somewhere after a year, maybe two years, certainly by three years, I've had this experience where then everybody starts to be their real self, right? And it's not that they're terrible, right? It's just, they are no longer their best self. And they can be like, why did they change? How did they, how, right? But it's just like, they got comfortable with you. They got you know easy with you. I don't know. There's something within that that spoke to me about like, oh, that's the thing I've seen. That sounds correct, right? Yeah. All right. Let me go to you, Sean. What's, what do you have next? So the only other one I had was uh, stanza 56, okay. which you may have already gone over, actually. Uh, no, but I was looking at 40, uh, 54 to 46. Do you want to read? Would you like to read those three? Yeah. 54 to 46. Oh, oh sorry. Or 56. <laughs> <My numbers laughs> I have number dyslexia. Um, 54 uh, to 56 is those three. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Um, so here's stanzas 54 to 56. You should only be, or excuse me, you should be only a little wise never too wise. The happiest people throughout their lives are the moderately wise. You should be only a little wise, never too wise. A wise man's heart is seldom glad if he's truly wise. You should only be a little wise, never too wise. It's best not to know your fate beforehand. You'll live happier if you don't. Yeah. So I think this like sums up my thoughts on Odin altogether. Oh yeah. No, he, and I think that... He, yeah, we, learned we, too much and he wasn't able to enjoy his life. And I feel like he's an old man in this poem conveying that to somebody who's younger. No. And I like, as you read that one, just to give people like a different feel of what these different versions are, if they're thinking about buying one. Right. So this is just that 56, the last one you said, yeah. this version goes average wise, a man ought to be never too wise. Let no one know his fate beforehand for he'll have the most carefree spirit. Right. So it's, it's the exact yeah. same idea, but it's said quite differently, right? The words you choose to use for it. Let me see. Uh, now here's 58. This is, this is definitely my favorite that I like actually laughed at and then told my sister how much I enjoyed this one. Um, it said, he should get up early, the man who means to take another's life or property. Seldom does the loafing wolf snatch the ham, nor a sleeping man victory. Yeah. So wake up early. If you're going to murder or steal, the lazy wolf never gets the ham, right? I'm like, that is so much better than the early bird gets the worm. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I think, again, I know we made a joke about this earlier, but I just like, like I'm laughing at the idea of Odin just getting somebody drunk and then him not getting too drunk yeah. so he can wake up early and steal somebody else's stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's, this one especially struck me because it goes back to the idea like, you know, uh, Jackson Crawford had probably heard some of these, some of this advice from his grandpa. When I was little, I must have been like five or six years old and going to a a Presbyterian church and it was near a, a air base, a air force base. And there was uh, an old man there, you know, and so I'm like, 
you know, I was walking with my dad and the old man just walks up to me and he says, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. You know, and I don't know who he was, you know, maybe he knew my dad. I don't even think he knew my dad. Right. But he was like this old, you know, I'm thinking probably kind of Scottish uh, heritage guy. And he just sees a little five or six year old. And he's like, this kid needs to know early to bed, early to rise. Right? My old, my Scottish advice. Yeah. And, and I've never forgotten it. Right. And, and, and the way I learned it was so absurd. And I'm like, I, th- I think that was Odin uh, clearly. Right. But in a, a little more polite way, rather than saying was <laughs> the lazy wolf never gets the hand. <laughs> And, and here's me, you know, <laughs> amid, in my mid thirties in 2022, working from home, having dinner at six o'clock, then having a glass of wine at seven, and then hopefully just going to bed at 7:45 to watch Netflix on my computer. Yeah. So I am in bed early, and then I do get up at five o'clock to, you know, check social media, which is also unhealthy. But it's just funny how like I am actually following that advice. No, and, but- and it's this nice. Um- <laughs> quick kind of saying it's a bit poetic right that catches in some of odin's sayings like get to sleep right don't stay up late worrying about stuff get up early and get started there's somewhere in here where it kind of says like what's the saying what percent perspiration what percent inspiration it's a modern saying you know how that saying goes i can't Uh, i'm not too sure can you repeat it again it's like 99 percent perspiration one percent inspiration or i don't know I'm not too sure. You've heard that, yeah. Um, I mean, it like, rings a bell, but it's a little bit like Wayne Gretzky's, or no, wait, yeah, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, right? Um, but but it's that there's there's somewhere in here where it says like half the work is like hard work. It's like getting up early and putting in the labor, right? Like it's something along the lines of like don't just pay other people to do it. Get in there and do half the work, right? That was mm-hmm. that was my first job I had working at Subway, and the owner was there at six in the morning chopping all the vegetables. Because you wanted to make sure it was done right. Because you can't just trust all these high school kids to get it done right, right? And you try to trust them. You tell them what to do and you guide them, right? But then you're like, I got to make sure this thing goes right because we need lunch rush to go right. And that's all our profit at the lunch rush, right? And it's um, what's the other way to say that saying? Like something about like don't don't trust other people to get it done right for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I had some of these prepared, but not all of them. It's, no. Yeah, I think the quote is Thanos saying, "I'm doing it fine. I'll do it myself." Yeah, from right. the Marvel Cinematic mm. Universe. But. Send us on Twitter when you find that what I'm trying to say that I'm butchering. <laughs> and then uh, let's see, number 63, asking and answering every wise man should do. He who wants to be reputed intelligent. One shall know, a second shall not. The whole world knows if three know. I thought that one was pretty cool. There's um, a few things in there, right? But I like, yeah, there's, there is no secret among three men, right? That's pretty much what it I says think there. it's... Yeah. Like it's like, don't trust gossipers. Like if well, somebody it's, it's is even, sharing a secret with you, then like they, you can't trust them. Really. And he goes, you, you tell a secret to one person, right? And then yeah. if anybody else knows that secret, you know who not to trust, right? You tell two people and now you don't know who not to trust, right? So that's, there's actually a strategy of how to, you know, Odin's giving you a strategy, how to sort this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. 64. I liked, this goes a little bit to that idea of being just average wise, right? It says every man in council should use his power in moderation. For when he mingles with the brave, he finds that no one is the boldest of all. I mean, it's, I think it goes into like, don't play in your, don't play your cards yeah. or like, don't, don't like show your hands. If right. that makes sense. Cause even if you are more than average wise show just average wisdom, right. Average intelligence to people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you have like a, ta- a skill and you're gloating about it, yeah, people are going to know your skill and they're, they're going to know how in this case, like combat it, yeah. whether it's like a poker game or like a fight. You know, it's even like like they, boasting about being the bravest, right? And I think it's a very much an Odin idea that you look the dumbest when you brag about being brave and then you're not brave, right? Like do not talk a big game if you cannot back it up, right? Because then to Odin, that's just disrespect. You're like, yeah, you're not reputable. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just picture like, you know, <laughs> I just picture like people saying, well, don't, don't fight the quiet guy at the bar. Right. Yeah, because he hasn't right. He has he hasn't had to brag about it, but can he can he follow it up? Um, yeah. This, this one also it made me. It's a weird connection, but it made me think about this thing my dad would say, which again it was like kind of a strange thing to tell a young kid, maybe like seven or something. But it was sort of like you're not always going to be, you know, the biggest or the strongest kid, right? Um, you're not always going to be the smartest kid, right? If you base your self esteem on that, you will find someone smarter, and then it's, you know, like, you know, you're just second fiddle, right? You're not always going to be the, the biggest kid, right? So like, you know, of our friends, Jeff is taller than me, right? And if I really thought, you know, that me being the strongest was the important thing to me, and I see that Jeff can carry two sheep and I can't, well, now I'm always playing second fiddle to Jeff because that's mm-hmm. how I base myself, right? But what my dad said is, um, you, you can't be the smartest, you can't be the strongest, but you can be the kindest, right? 
Because if you're striving for being the kindest person, it's really not a problem if you're not the most kind, right? Like Joey might be kinder than me. It's it's not really a problem, right? I don't really feel too bad about that, right? Because yeah. I can still like try for that. Uh, it's more about that idea, right? You you can strive for something, but when if you base your self esteem on being perfect, like you will be disappointed inevitably, right? And that's it's a strange thing to tell like a first or second grader, but maybe they should figure it out early before they start, you know, basing their self esteem on the wrong uh, the wrong thing. But, yeah, definitely. I, I I have one right here. It stands yeah. a seventy. Yeah. Better to be alive no matter what than dead. Only the living enjoy anything. I saw a rich man's house, but it was on fire and he yeah. lay dead outside the door. I like that one a lot when I saw it. Cause I'm like, that is exactly why it doesn't do you any good as wealthy as you are. Right. You're still in the, the giant house and things like that. Right. When they come to raid you, did any of, was any of that worth anything? Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's funny how they put that line in here. Cause I like that one a lot. It is um, it's better to live than not to be alive. It's the living man who gets the cow. I saw fire blaze up for the wealthy man. He was dead outside the door. Right? It's quite similar to yours, but yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'll tell this one here. I definitely want to tell. Yeah. So this is still within the ADA number 77. Yeah. And then you referred to this earlier, Sean, but so it says cattle die, kinsmen die. The self must also die. I know one thing which never dies, the reputation of each dead man. That's one of those things that at first my response is actually kind of like, I don't like that idea, right? I sort of don't like that idea of like that reputation is all, right? Because that's, to me, that's the key difference between 10 commandments and the Havamal, right? Is that, is it that you do the right thing for God says what's good or bad, or do you do the right thing for reputation, right? Like you're not just being generous because it's nice to be generous. It's that, oh, you'd have a bad reputation if you couldn't um, yeah. do that. It also goes to, right. If you don't, this is what you were saying earlier, Sean, right. That like a guy comes to your door and you're like, I might step outside to talk to you, but I'm not inviting you in my house. Right. And for a Viking, that's being a coward. Right. I mean, I'd, I'll do the same thing as you, Sean, right. I don't, I don't want anybody in my house lately. Right. But, but back in this time, right. You would be seen as a coward for being like, no, I don't think I can handle you physically if this went wrong. So yeah. that's why you can't come in. Right. You can't, you can't be hinting any of that as a Viking. Right. You say, come on in, come on in, right? And, and hopefully you got a couple large sons and other people that are going to have your back, right? And if there's five guys outside your door, maybe you're like, hey, you guys are a little too uh, threatening. Uh, somebody run out back and get the neighbors, right? Because, yeah. Um, I also think this uh, that stanza is very interesting because yeah. if you are Odin, who knows he's going to die, like in, and like all of us are, I think like, what do you want to, like, what, like, what do you want to be thinking? And that, like, not to get too morbid, but like, what do you yeah. want to be thinking when like you are on death's door? you do want to be thinking like about what you left behind, right. like in this case, your reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, if you have a limited time, what do you, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to just like be remembered? Do you want to do something so like extraordinary to where you want to be remembered? Yeah. And that's where I think like Havamal and like, like potentially what may be like modern Norse paganism compared to Christianity that's like the main difference where Christians right. like be a good person, you know, don't steal from others. Don't lie from others, yeah. be a good person. And then you're going to be set for life in heaven. Whereas like Havamal and potentially modern day pagans may look at this and say, well, no, I want to, I want to focus on myself and I want to like be remembered for like whatever reason, right. maybe, maybe for good reasons, like maybe for Christian reasons, like yeah. I want to be a philanthropist, but like, you know, I, I'm one, I think that's like the main difference that I find absolutely fascinating. Like when you leave this world, what are people going to remember you by? Yeah. So one I think that's things, very interesting. Thing oh, about. Yeah. One of the things from the Greek Stoics, I think it's from Seneca, because he talks about actually don't live your life just for being remembered well, right? For building monuments that will never mm -hmm. fall, you imagine, right? Or, or like Seneca writing a thing in the year, you know, 300 or something that actually lasted till today, right? But sure. so he's, he's one to talk, right? Because he actually got to right, write a thing and everybody still talks about him now. But he, it's interesting because he says like, that shouldn't be the reason, right? You should be kind of okay with, I think it goes back to like living your life in the present, not just living for all that future stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice bonus. Um, but where the, the Viking perspective on reputation really came to me, I think was this idea, don't have a bad reputation, right? It's, it's one thing to try to build a grand, good reputation, but why not have a bad reputation, right? Um, so let me tell this story. So on the first take recording the podcast, I shared a story that was very personal. And upon reflecting upon it, I decided to take the story out. Um, I wanted to leave some of the ideas that were in the podcast around that story. But since I took it out, I wanted to leave two thoughts of wisdom that I think Odin would agree with. So one is, uh, don't speak ill of the dead. They can't defend themselves. And the other is, uh, 
let he who is without sin cast the first stone, right? But in the Bible, it says something about like when you sin, they pay for it for eight generations, right? So that that you do something wrong, you do something unvirtuous, right? Not following the virtues. You're not being courageous. You're not being wise. You're not being temperate. You're not being just. And your descendants for eight generations will pay for it. And then things will even out and it'll be even, right? So it goes to, is it really about the reputation or is it really about the, the justice, the fairness of how things will go? Um, but that, I don't want to say more, but that's a true story, right? And so that's, yeah. what do you want to be remembered for, right? I think that the Vikings have something very, very correct there that I like. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting to think about. And like, I, <laughs> I hate to bring up Star Trek again, but it reminds yeah. me of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation where Worf, who is a Klingon, was worried that he would have dishonor or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said that if I do this and I dishonor myself and my family for three generations is going to be affected by it. Right. Right. And that's where like, you can, you can get too hard on yourself, right? You can be worried about every little thing is bringing dishonor on your family. And maybe some of it you just shouldn't care about, but it goes to that question. Like when you know, it's really a question that matters, right? Like, you know, and you kind of know, I think it goes back. This is probably Jordan Peterson again. I don't know. I like a lot of his lectures, but that you really know when it's one of those questions, right? When you know you're doing the wrong thing, right? It's not just that you were too busy and you couldn't be bothered and you know you got distracted, right? But when you know you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to suffer for it too, right? As well as everybody else mm-hmm. in, in some way, right? And, and maybe actually everyone else does a lot too, right? But but you're very much going to suffer for it uh, somewhere along the line, and you know, dying yeah. alone and all these other things, you know, being the one of the metaphors in the poem, the the tree by itself and it doesn't even have bark or needles anymore, right? Like that tree's not going to go too long, so yeah. <laughs> I try to leave them on quite, quite heavy, uh, morbid thoughts, but trying to have something that's, uh, that's light in there and joyful, right? We all appreciate it. Uh, was there anything else we had to cover today, Sean? Let me think. No, I think this, this was like a really good conversation and we yeah. only hit like the first third or so of Havamal, right. which is good. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think Havamal is like such an influential poem, regardless of. I, th- I think in part um, two, actually, like each one actually gets quite a bit deeper, right? These first 80, some of them were understandably just stay kind of surface level. Some of them have an interesting metaphor within them too, right? The next ones get deeper and the last ones get real obscure. They get real like magical and uh, I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So so what's next? I don't think we're moving on to part two of Havamal yet, maybe in two weeks. I think next week um, we're going to move on to the story of one of Odin's other sacrifices, that he makes in order to learn the runes, which in this world are magical. So I think that's what we're yeah. doing next week, right, David? Yep. And, and that, yeah, so that'll because that, back into it goes to the, the Havamal kind of part three is very much, we'll get to actually the literal sources about what he's talking about with runes and magic, but we'll spend mm-hmm. a couple alternating weeks, you know, talking more about just essentially the idea of Odin as a, as a shaman. And what, and what does that even mean, right? Some type of a, a sorcerer, a magician, right? And then yeah. I'm really trying to dive into this idea of understanding the runes better because the runes are an idea that even yeah, contemporary pagans use. And uh, I want to make sure we're kind of being respectful, right, of modern people who take it quite seriously, while also kind of trying to get the, the like you said, the historical, what would we say that in episode zero? The historical? Historical method? Uh, probably it was just that, right? Yeah, it was something where you said, like, you need to look at the documents, right, and see what, so what do the documents say? Yeah, but then that's that the question historical of, method, yeah. What do the documents say, but then also, what are maybe some modern people uh, getting from it, right? Because We're going to have to ask one at some point. We're going to have to have a modern day pagan on. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be very nice. And I've tried to, you know, I'm reading some sources that are recommended as like, this is a good way to look at the modern uh, pagan tradition with it to see uh, what wisdom are people getting from it, right? Because it's not just what me and Sean would get from it when we look at it, like we did today, right? It's, yeah, what do other people get? They might go a bit deeper than us because we're just kind of, uh, we're trying to teach ourselves about it. We're not already deep in the tradition, right? Yeah. yeah. Anything else, Sean? Are we all set? No, I think that's a, again, good conversation. Um, I think it's going to be cool in the next couple of weeks where we pick up on Havamal again, but uh, next week, the legend of what Odin sacrificed to learn to the rune. All right, Sean, have a good night. Talk to you later. Yeah, you too. Bye.